The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. International Women's Day is coming up on March the 8th and this year's theme is Women in Leadership, Achieving an Equal Future in a COVID-19 World. And we've taken a subject that's been led by an inspirational woman, Kayla Imrie. She competes in canoe sprint for New Zealand and she's a three-time world championship medalist and a challenger for the podium at Tokyo 2020. Throughout her adult life, she's had heavy bleeding during her periods. The result was that after training, she would have to go for a nap for up to three hours just to recover. After repeated visits to the doctor and countless treatments that simply didn't work, she eventually was diagnosed with menorrhagia. Ashley Tullock caught up with Kayla and they started talking about Kayla's journey to Rio 2016. Olympic Channel Podcast. It's crazy thinking about Rio. It's such a long time yeah. ago now. But you know, you went to you went to the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. How much of a dream come true was that for you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> still even thinking that it actually happened. Like, I mean, you know, since then there's been a lot of tours and world champs, and you know, I feel like it's kind of it's my lifestyle now. But back then it was such a a roller coaster of a ride and we were like really literally catapulted um, into the games only just the year before, um, which made it, I think in my eyes, so much more special, you know, because um, you know, 18 months before we raced at the Olympic Games, it, it didn't feel like it would ever have been possible. Um, so it was, it was pretty, pretty incredible to get there with the team that I was in. So you were in the K4 500 metres and you guys got fifth in the final. How, yes. how, did that, how did that compare to your expectations? Oh, look, it was over and above our expectations. It was quite funny, actually. I, rem- <laughs> I remember like, finishing that final race and, you know, obviously we came fifth. And we were probably the happiest <laughs> fifth placing I think you'd ever see at the Olympic Games. Um, you know, we we went up to the jetty and we got out of our boat and we were all smiles and, you know, you walk through the little the media um, pen and, you know, we were a little nervous um, going up to the media with them, you know, talking about expectations and stuff. But I think you know, where we got back then completely was overachieving what we thought we could have. You know, the year before we came ninth, we only just made um, the A final. And to go from ninth to fifth within 12 months was a pretty big leap for us. So we were pretty stoked with that. (laughs) So with all that in mind, how different does it feel preparing given how you felt going into Rio and how things went in Rio and how the team and the team around you has been doing, how does it feel different going into Tokyo? Um, well, it's different in many ways, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's different in terms of I, 
I think, you know, as a group, we all feel way more prepared in, in terms of, you know, this goal that we're trying to achieve and not necessarily a, a results-driven goal, but what we want to achieve together um, for our country and for our women's program and the sport that we um, are a part of and we love so much. But then also it's different because we're in the midst of a global pandemic, which has never happened before. Um, so obviously juggling that and how we have to be so adaptable compared to all the other years we've raced um, is, is, yeah, completely different now. <laughs> what I wanted to, to talk to you about is your journey. And I know for you over the last uh, several years, you've struggled with a condition Um so so let's let's talk about that menorrhagia right what does the word um what does it mean to you um i guess you know the factual meaning of the word is just excessive blood loss but in my eyes it's bigger than that it's more based around you know um energy output fatigue um yeah how i'm recovering um and that's all based through multiple things and menorrhagia is one of them so is this word a word that you've grown up with your whole life no no definitely not I had absolutely no idea of the word till probably maybe like 15 months ago um when I I knew something wasn't quite right um you know, like I've been training with the same bunch of girls for five, six years now. And I just, I felt like I wasn't able to recover um, as quickly as those girls. And um, not necessarily like my training sessions were any worse, like on my own personal level, you know, I was still being able to execute sessions, but my recovery had a massive impact on how I would be able to turn up on the day to those sessions um, and feel, you know, fresh and ready to, I guess, give it my all. And it was funny because my coach, he had kind of mentioned something a year earlier, um, not specifically about, you know, women's health at all, but more in terms of like, I just don't think, I just don't think something's right at the moment. And he didn't quite know what that was either. Um, And it wasn't until after World Champs in 2019 when I was like, you know what, I kind of want to dig a little deeper um, because I feel like I could be performing and just generally feeling a lot better um, in my everyday life uh, if there's something that I think isn't quite right um, is, is managed. And so I went to the doctor and I, I talked to the doctor quite a bit. I actually went to two different doctors Um, and I mentioned, you know, getting some blood tests done, um, and just doing a little bit of, you know, I guess research. Um, and I'd had a few blood tests done the year before and, you know, my, my ferritin, my iron levels were generally quite low, um, but they weren't alarming. So we didn't really do anything about that. Um, anyway, I got some blood tests taken. So this is at the end of 2019 and you know my my um iron levels and well my hemoglobin was actually the worst I was I was borderline anemic um yet I was training you know as 
a professional athlete, you know, 14 to 16 times a week. Um, I was expected to recover and turn up every single session and excel. Um, and seeing those numbers kind of, you know, at this point in time made me realise, you know, something actually isn't quite right. And so I met with these two doctors and I talked about, you know, my woman's health and periods and that, you know, over my years of having periods, I had struggled quite a lot just with really heavy bleeding. Um, and do you know what? Like <laughs> when I was young and mentioning this topic to someone, it was kind of, you know, the only thing I'd ever get back would be like, you know, it's normal. Like everyone bleeds really heavy. And so I guess I never really did anything about it because of that. I felt like what I was dealing with was um, completely normal. And so anyway, I, I really wanted to kind of get through this problem. So I sat down with these two doctors and I was like, look, I, I like bleed really heavy. You know, I'll, I'll be going to the bathroom every hour, hour and a half for the first two to three days, um, changing super tampons, um, like constantly flooding um, through my underwear. And, you know, when we're doing big, you know, 20 to 24 K sessions that take over two hours long. Like, you know, I would be in the boat and I just, I'd bleed through the boat and I was like, this doesn't, you know, this just doesn't seem normal to me. Um, so I bought that up and we, we just started exploring for the next, I guess, six months and worked on quite a few things. <laughs> What, when you have your period, that, that is different to maybe someone else? Everyone's different. So whatever I say, someone might have a similar experience or a different experience. Um, but I guess when I wanted to tackle, um, you know, the issue of feeling better, I, prior to this process I went through, I, you know, I would, I'd get home from training in the morning and I'd sleep for about two to three hours every single day every single day and I know that some athletes will be like yeah I do the same thing too like that's normal I do that as well and that's fine like I, I believe that's absolutely fine um in my own experiences you know when I would have those huge naps I'd still wake up and I'd still feel like crap you know turning up to training and in my own heart I just knew there was a better way and there was an easier way especially when my my teammates were not napping anywhere near as long as that um, and less frequently as well. Um, so I guess, you know, after I went to the doctors and I talked through this, we decided to, um, you know, monitor things a little better. And after talking with them, I was really interested in letting my coaching staff and um, our support staff on board with what was going on, which was, a really big thing in my environment because a lot of our um, support staff and coaching staff are males and I knew that you know bringing up the conversation to them they would have to one feel comfortable and two want to buy into to learning more and so the way I approached it was you know especially to my coach I was like look I I feel like I have an issue surrounding my periods that could be improved um, it might not be amazing in the future, but I feel like it could be managed a lot better. And so he was like, cool, this is sweet. And the way I wanted the rest of the staff to approach it, I was like, look, we have a women's program here 
which, you know, hopefully will grow in the future. And you've got, you know, nine athletes right now. Um, you, your men that maybe don't know quite as much about women's health um, and have an opportunity to be able to learn a little more about maybe my situation, which could help future female athletes in the future. And so I was really keen for them to jump on board because I was like, man, if this can just even help them learn one little thing, whether it's got to do with a problem of menorrhagia or specifically just learning about periods and the menstrual cycle in general, I was like, that's awesome. Like this is going to be a really big step forward. Um, and so I did that and I, I asked, you know, some of my coaches and support staff, I was like, look, I, I'm going to go to the doctors. I've been to the doctors already and I've asked, you know, if, you that if they think it's a good idea for you to attend you know an appointment with me um we don't have to discuss everything if you feel uncomfortable but I could maybe go in early have a pre-discussion with a doctor and then invite you in um I'm comfortable for you to join the conversation if you want to come you're welcome because I feel like you could learn something from this and so that's kind of how I approach the whole situation and so from there it became just a really cool process of learning um and me figuring out what was the best decision moving forward um so you know we we had a few chats in these um groups and we decided to chat to a specialist to get some more information as well and you know back then when my um my ferritin was it was reasonably low so I had it was at a, a number of 25 and my um my hemoglobin was like borderline anemic we wanted to talk to specialists about, you know, how we would man manage two two parts of the puzzle. One being my general, my blood uh, composition, um, and so that could be monitored through blood tests. And then two, which was managing um, these heavy periods. And the way the specialist talked to me about it was like, imagine your body being a warehouse. And you're an athlete that needs, you know, lots of energy because you have to have lots of energy input for all the output that you're going to be um, using on the water. It's just like food intake as well. And he says, when we look at your blood tests right now, everything is extremely low and yet you have no stock in your warehouse for all this delivery that's still going out, which is this blood flow, this heavy blood flow. So essentially he's saying, look, you're in deficit. Your stock is really low. You're bleeding really heavy. So more blood's just going out the door. And he said, what we've got to sort out is how are we going to increase the stock in your warehouse and then manage that output as well. So manage the exit of the blood. Um, so we talked about quite a few options with like contraceptives, which is, you know, to manage your, your periods as well. Um, which was really interesting because my history with contraceptives, which like many females, um, can be quite challenging to find the right one that works for you. Um, and you know, when I grew up, I was a I was a competitive swimmer for twelve years. So um, when I was young, I explored uh, contraceptives to help me manage my periods. So when I was in the pool and I was swimming. Um, you know, it, it's a little higher risk, if, if you'd say, um, you know, being in your little togs all the time. And so I didn't I didn't get my period till quite late. I actually got my period at the age of 17. And a couple of years after that, I was like, right, I want to I, I need to try and try and manage this. And so 
I went to the doctors, you know, without my parents knowing because, again, like it was really hard to talk about this stuff with them. And I asked them, you know, I just wanted to manage my period for my sport. Um, they put me on a contraceptive and I bled for like eight weeks straight, just heavy bleeding for eight weeks. And I felt like crap. And I went back to the doctors and I was like, look, I, I don't think this is working for me. Um, can we try something else? And so they gave me another one. And this one was really weird. I remember I would end up bleeding like every two weeks, but for half of my period cycle. So essentially like I would bleed every two weeks for like three or four days, two weeks, three or four days. So I went back to the doctors again after about, maybe that went on for four months. And I was like, look, this, this, this one's not working for me either. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, so again, put me on another one and then it was just random, like spotting whenever um, for a whole year. And so I was like, okay, I think we need to try something a bit different. So I went on the Depo-Provera, which is the jab. And I was like, sweet, just stop. Stop periods. Um, yeah. Stop periods while I'm, I'm doing sport. It's going to make sport a lot easier. So I did that and it worked. Finally, it was a final one. <laughs> it worked. Um, but they recommended me to come off it after two years and re-get my cycle um, and then go back on it again. So I listened to the advice. I did that. And after I had been off it, I hadn't got my period for another 18 months um, after being yeah, 18 off the months. Yeah, off the Depot Pavera. And so that freaked me out quite a bit. Um, so I was like, right, I'm not going back to that. And I obviously I Googled and researched everything and I was like, what is out there um, that could help one stop my periods and be non hormonal, which there's nothing out there. <laughs> this is me doing my Google researching. And um so, so I did a bit of that and then I was like, all right, okay. So the only other option, which is just a contraceptive option, um, was the IUD, but the copper one. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll just have to deal with that. So I got that. It's an insertion. So it's an insertion which so, so, you yeah, put yeah. inside so, you for, um, for how long? Yeah, so it's an intrauterine device. Um, so it stays in you uh, for about five years and you'll get it replaced. And so I had this and I had it for five years, still got my periods. So my periods came back. They were extremely heavy. Um, later I find out that the copper IUD makes your periods heavier as well. So that didn't help. Um, it's the last thing that you needed. <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, I, I had it for five years, so I dealt with it. And then obviously this process started um, and I had it removed and we looked at options. Um, and the only option that they were looking at for me was um, another IUD, which is a hormonal one, which is the Marina. And I, you know, talked to the doctors and I was like, look, this is my experience with hormones. Like, this is it right here. I have not had a good experience. I do not think this is going to work. Um, and he was like, well, we can try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll remove it and we'll try something else. And I was like, okay okay, damn, we'll try it. So I tried it and again, it didn't work. I bled for like probably seven or eight weeks again straight. Um, and so what we did, which we had to individualize, well, personalize, personalize a little bit was I was on a mini pill at the same time. So like when we say, you know, every, you know, body's shape, size, height, weight, everything's different, you know, periods are the same. Periods are different. So for me, 
we had to personalize, I guess, my hormonal intake to help manage my bleeding. Um, so, you know, I was actually on the marina and I was um, taking the mini pill at the same time. And then eventually over the course of the next 10 months, I slowly weaned off it. Um, so that was how I was introduced to the marina, which even now, you know, I still I still bleed on it, but it's manageable. I'm not having the problems that I had before. And so the component, you know, when we go back to the warehouse and um, everything that was getting exported out of the warehouse um, was really high, you know, that's that's been minimized now. So that component of my, I guess, problem, if you want to call it, has, has been minimized. The other side, which was the the blood um, composition, I ended up taking, started taking a supplement that was advised um, and I took it every day for, and I was real determined to take it every day to make this work for about, it must have been about eight months till I started noticing a bit of a change and we started taking blood tests every six to eight weeks um, throughout this journey as well. And we started seeing my iron, my ferritin levels climb, um, which was really fascinating. And the rest of my blood composition was starting to look a little healthier as well, if you, you say that. Um, so that was really cool. But the, the best thing of all without actually seeing the numbers um, was that I started only needing to nap for 20 minutes a day and I felt absolutely incredible turning up to training if that I didn't even need to nap so probably on the course of a week I would probably only have maybe two days where I'd have a 20 minute nap power nap boom ready to go I'd be able to be way more productive throughout my days um and so I feel I truly believe that you know the discussions I had around my own woman's house um in relation to, you know, how I was feeling, um, how my train, you know, training as well, like that was a really big component of me making a move on my woman's health because I could tell that something wasn't quite right. Um, which on another note, like, you know, you could use periods for performance because, it, you know, everyone has a cycle, you know what your own cycle is. And if that, if something within your own cycle changes, it's kind of like a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, for your own like personal health and, and kind of, I guess, suggesting that maybe you should slow down or talk to someone about something if things start changing. So in a way, like you can kind of view a period as a positive tool, like something it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a superpower that men don't have. <laughs> and I love that. It's a superpower, really. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, through my journey now and being able to talk to people about what I've experienced, like, yeah, menorrhagia, yeah, people have heavy periods, like, I get that. But the fact that it can completely change how you feel on a daily basis if you if you learn to manage it um, like and personalise it to fit your best interests, then I don't know, like, why people aren't talking about it. <laughs> So talking about it now, how does it feel? You know what? It's actually, it's quite liberating um, talking about it now. And I think why I find it super liberating is I've, I've been able to open up to 
coaches. I've been able to, you know, talk to doctors about this. I've even now gone to schools and I've talked to, you know, some of my school sessions, I'll be talking to 300 female students at a time um, about my experiences. And the thing that I get so amazed by is the amount of people that come up to me saying that they have similar or different experiences that they have been really afraid to speak about as well because they're seen as different. Um, And I think, you know, this period conversation, if you want to call it, um, it's important, you know, it's it's natural, everyone's got it. Um, There is a social stigma around it, which is slowly changing and that's really cool to, to see and experience and be a part of. Um, And, you know, even now, you know, I can talk to my mum and my aunties and my grandparents like really comfortably about this. What like it's probably 12 years later from my first period where I felt completely embarrassed and uncomfortable to talk about it at the start. So I think, you know, if if my story helps someone who might have an issue feel more comfortable to be able to speak up, then we're all winning. You talk about the different reactions you've had from different people, from coaches and, and things like, like uh, you know, going into schools and, and, and talking to, to students about your experience. Have people's reactions surprised you? Have you had negative or uncomfortable reactions? Um, no, like, I think everybody's reaction has surprised me for sure. Um, I've never had any, I haven't had any negative, um, yeah, reactions from people. It's all been, it's all been mostly around their own experiences, um, rather than just referring straight to my story, which I think is absolutely incredible because, you know, if it just takes like for myself, one person to, talk about my own experience and that allows, you know, an unlocking of someone else to be able to speak up and talk about theirs. If they're trying to search for more help, then man, like what, what more could you ask for? Like you, you're helping someone find, you know, answers or find help for their current situation. Um, so that's, that's always been incredible. So what is it? that you would like to see happen? How would you like uh, to see this conversation continue in the world? It's a really hard question to answer because I think, you know, literally just having the conversation um, makes people more comfortable. Um, The more we talk about it, the easier it gets. It's like anything, you know, the more I train, the easier it gets the better I get at it. Um, And it's the same thing with the conversation, you know. So as long as, you know, I want to keep doing my part and going to schools and and talking to young women and maybe using my channels to share my story if it helps others, um, just become more comfortable with it. Even talking to their parents, talking to their mum, talking to their dad, um, then we're all winning. We're all beating the system as well. Just remember like the purpose of these conversations outweigh the discomfort because it's going to change that social stigma. It's been so nice to talk to you about this because uh, it's clearly something that has been such a big part of your life and it's a big part of everyone's lives, but we just don't talk about it as much as we should. So 
thank you for putting yourself in the arena and being willing to uh, tell your story because mm. I have no doubt that there are a lot of other people who uh, are able to you know hear your story and maybe be able to relate to what you're saying Oh, thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. It's been so so nice chatting to you again. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. A massive thank you to Kayla and Ashley. You can follow Kayla on Instagram, just as Kayla Imri. Ash is also on Instagram as Ash underscore Tulloch. We are Olympic Channel across all social media. We have an absolute load of exciting things in the next month for International Women's Day, so be sure to give us a follow. That is it from me, though, for the time being. Stay safe, stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.